I've completely lost track of this. I don't know where we've gone. Yeah, we're off the rails on that one. Brace yourself for the number one rated daytime bootstrap sass honey badger theme podcast in the Pacific Northwest. This is Founder Quest. So what were you all talking about before I, I, I jumped on the call? We're talking about uh, Derek's new startup, uh, Mighty Cow. Looking, Mighty Cow. Looking pretty nice. I, I was telling Josh how I like the, the virality of it. Like if you're using Mighty Cow and you share those links with someone, then they're going to be like, oh, that's cool. I should use that too. And it's just going to help the spread. So I, I really like that uh, kind of thing. I was reflecting on on honey badgers like well we just we just don't really have an opportunity to do the kind of that wouldn't it be fun like to have that aspect of of it like they they got that with drip too like that was their big thing with with the drip widget so i'm sure mm -hmm. derek is a he's he knows what he's doing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so we got a little i mean we tried to do that a bit <laughs> when we did our um like you can like when there's an error on your website, um, Honey Badger can display a um, form <laughs> to collect user feedback. Yeah, and true. so like, but not the, really. The problem is it's use it's, that, yeah. So. Well, and it's like it's got to be a developer who is seeing right. it, and then like, hey, I, and and most like what developers like trying to do something hits an error, and then it's like, oh, I should add that to my app right now. Oh, I know. <laughs> like I just got a fail yes. whale or something. <laughs> Yeah, I think that the population of calendar users is probably a little bigger than the population of web developers. Yeah, that's funny, Ben, because I thought that you were going to say that the thing you liked about the idea is, a, I'm assuming, I'm making assumptions here, but the relatively low ops burden. <laughs> well, yes, that, there's that too. <laughs> the problem, Star, with the whole low ops burden thing is like now we're good at the high ops burden thing. So now we're supposed to take on more apps like that so that we can oh, okay. leverage those skills yeah <laughs> yeah that's that's yeah. kind of our thing which well, we, I mean, we are um, right it's exactly like our next one hook relay is going to be is going to be a pretty big ops burden too so mm -hmm. yeah it's like what what is your company specialized in it's like well we have a variety of products all of which like process a ton of traffic <laughs> That's just, that's just what we do. It's just traffic yeah. processing. Our specialty is running services that you don't want to run yourself <laughs> because it's a pain in the butt. That is pretty much every service. We should run like a, a house cleaning service because <laughs> I'm in dire need right now. So speaking of, I was late to the call and I may actually, I mean, there's a chance I may have to run. Um, there's a chance there may be a bunch of noise later on because a couple of days ago, my water heater just like burst open and it was like, it was just like, like somebody blew the Hoover Dam in my little girl's room. And so just been dealing with that, doing a lot of like wet dry vacking, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, getting, have, getting a lot of use out of that $30 investment. Have you been to the Hoover Dam? No, I haven't. You should, I haven't. You should totally go check it out. It is, it is awesome. Well, now that I know like what it would look like, what its failure mode looks like, I'm not sure I want to go there. <laughs> and... Yeah. So, so anyway, I thought I had vacuumed up everything, but it turns out there's like your hot water pipes in your house have hot water in them. It's like when you have a straw and a drink and you like hold one end of it and mm -hmm. then you pull it out and there's still drink in there. I didn't think to like go and open all the hot water faucets um, when I was draining the heater originally. And so as people were just sort of randomly accidentally turning them on, it would sort of like the water in the pipes would flush back into the hot water heater and then like drain oh, no. out again. So, so I had to go take care of that. And yeah. Oh, and I, I learned a few things that I'll pass on to our listeners because 
I think one of the cool things about our podcast is the breadth. Like some people may go deeper than we than we do, but uh, we cover a pretty wide variety of topics. It's the whole so, founder. It's really is the whole founder experience. Exactly. Exactly. Part of being a founder is dealing with your water heater bursting. And yeah, so I've got this these friends. Um, there are a couple. Um, the husband is a is a maintenance man, and the uh, wife is a forensic engineer. I was telling you all about this um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and. That means that she um, like goes in and whenever somebody's like some building gets screwed up and like people get sued over it, like she goes in and documents everything. It's like, who messed up here? And so I, I talked to them about it and it's like once water gets under laminate flooring, it's just a goner. Like you just have to pull it up. There's Take no way about it because the water's never coming out. And so like yesterday I pulled up half the laminate flooring and then the guy, I just mentioned, the, the maintenance guy helped me pull the rest of it up and did the baseboards and, you know, cut the drywall around the bottom where it soaked in there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Man, fun times. You said it. this happened in, uh, in your daughter's room, in Ida's room. Yeah. yeah. Does, she, yeah. does she get like a cool story? I like, like her bed is now like a, uh, it's like a, a pirate ship or something or, or, or an island. <laughs> Mm-mm. Well, she's really <laughs> into the fact that she just has like a concrete floor now. That's oh, yeah. all gnarly. Like she's she's just going around being like, I love it. And maybe you should yeah. just leave it. I mean, if she's happy with it. Yeah, I don't think that's going to work out. It might affect the resale value. So the, <sighs> the actual story is that she really wanted to play the floor as lava. And so my kids needed- oh, are yeah. obsessed with that. They, they yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw yeah, someone tweet idea. about that. Talk about watching the show that's on Netflix. I, the Netflix I, show. Yeah. yeah. I haven't, I haven't seen it, but this person said, yeah, I watched it for about eight minutes and then I got too bored. And I think I would have stuck around longer if the floor actually was lava. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, I, I mean, that's a pretty good commentary. So like my kids are two and four, and this is a show that is conceivably for adults, I think, but my kids just can't get enough of it. And it's one of the few things that we can actually watch as a family and they will sit through a whole episode with us. So it's more for their benefit, but yeah, I get, I think like if, if it isn't, if it's like keeping the kids engaged that long, that there's, I don't know if it's the thing I would be watching, like after they go to bed. <laughs> so, so really this, not- this is, the, this is the way for Netflix to build brand identity with the young kids, right? So that they'll be hooked yeah. for life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. There yeah. But it's not, yeah, it's not, even I, a kid, it's not a kid's show as far as I can. I mean, it's like a family show, I guess, but yeah. I don't know. I do get really strong Double Dare vibes from it. I was a big Double Dare fan back in the day. So she didn't get a cool story out of it, but I think I do because the way I found out about this leak was that I was downstairs taking a bath and she said, I just hear, I need to pee. And so I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. So I get out of the bathtub and and I go out there and it's like, I'm noticing like there's like floor, there's water all over the floor. Oh, I'm no. like, Ida, what? What? <laughs> this you? is... This is too much. There's like a big hissing sound coming from a room. It's like a parent's worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but then the thing is, she didn't even notice any of that. She just like woke up and had to pee. But I think it was because there was this big like giant like, like hissing sound in her room. Yeah. That's hilarious. That might be TMI. We might um, lose our, our G rating for that. <laughs> I think we'll be all right. Yeah. Well, yesterday, uh, or I guess earlier this week, we did our, I guess, second all-remote conclave, which is 
great, like talking to you all. And for people who haven't listened to every single back episode, like what's wrong with you, but our conclaves are sort of our quarterly meetings where we get together and, and set the, you know, set plans for the next quarter and, and do everything like that. And uh, since, you know, we live in the apocalypse now. Yeah, we do this remotely. We sort of switched. Instead of doing like one big day, um, we do like a series of one to two hour meetings, which is actually pretty nice. It's it's a bit more it's a bit more relaxed. Do you I guys still like that process? I didn't think about this until you said that, but I don't like that this was our second quarterly remote meeting after <laughs> post coronavirus. Like, is it already? Is it already? Are we there? Like, we're we're in like the second and third quarter now of like dealing with this yeah i hadn't thought yeah i guess so but yeah it does feel like we're still in march isn't (laughs) (laughs) so how many are we gonna place bets on like how many quarters we're gonna (laughs) how many quarters until we see each other like how dark do we want to be in the show (laughs) i'm gonna take 2030 okay there you go that is Going for the that's, long, the long, the long bet. Just you know, oh my you, you got to not. You got to have an outlier just in case. I hope um, that isn't you know, the case. I hope that in isn't ten, the case. ten years from now, I'll be like, yeah, I I nailed that one. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I don't even know at this point. But we um, discussed some pretty interesting stuff. It was kind of a light conclave, like last one, um, last quarter. It was pretty intense because like we just had the like pandemic starting and we're like, okay, what are we going to do to address this? Like what? Yeah. Like, do we need to change up anything? And so we were, we decided to do a couple things to kind of see what we could do to like lower churn. Cause we figured, you know, churn might be an issue as companies are a little bit more strapped for cash perhaps, but then it turns out like the stock market's just doing great. So I guess nobody's strapped for cash. Yeah, everyone, yeah, like everyone's gra- obviously doing fine. If uh, gravity just doesn't exist is in this world, yeah. <laughs> in tech, yeah, in tech, gravity just doesn't exist. I guess I don't know. But then I, I hear all about you know different um, tech people who've lost their jobs and stuff. So it just yeah. I don't know. No, it's not. Yeah, it's it's sec- I think it's like driven by sectors, and I think I don't know if we, we were talking about this on this podcast, but I, yeah, I don't know. Like apparently, like. The markets, like the indexes are being driven by like a few big winners, I think. That's at least that's what I heard. And uh, there's a lot of a lot of companies still losing, going out of business, et cetera. Yeah. This is now a financial podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, like Star, you were mentioning our churn. Like we, we were pretty nervous a quarter ago. And in our conclave, we looked back this uh, over the past quarter and some of the things that we did. And, and there hasn't been the, you know, flood to the exits that we were fearing. So mm-hmm. people are hanging in there for the most part. We've had a few people yeah. take us up on our offer of we're offering a few months free service for people that are really impacted. And we've had had we have had some customers who their revenue went to zero. And so they asked us you know, if, they, if they could take advantage of that. But overall, the story's been pretty good. So I mean, yeah. I'm, happy with the, I'm happy with the measures that we took at the time. I don't know if uh, given like how things turned out, I, I don't know if I could have like freaked out a little bit less or something for, for a few months. But I think like we, we made some good decisions during that conclave and, and we've implemented some good changes to, you know, even though it wasn't like a huge numbers, I'm sure we helped to prevent some, some churn and Maybe even uh, I, I think like we're 
we're getting more customers than we were mm-hmm. before with our new pricing. So yeah, I think that we made some good, good changes. Yeah. One thing yeah. I think was interesting is that we didn't make every change that we discussed. Like we, there were probably, mm-hmm. probably half the things that we thought about doing, we actually did. And some of them were more dramatic than others. And we kind of left the dram- more dramatic ones off the table. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad that we did it that way, that we didn't totally freak out and try to do everything that we thought of, you know, to try yeah. because it just wasn't really necessary. And it would have been, I think, a waste of time and probably somewhat anxiety inducing to bring all these changes in at one time. So mm-hmm. I'm glad we were held back a little bit on that. Yeah, we kind of so did like a lot of brainstorming the... and then and then chose the ones that seemed to make sense as we as we got into it. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the new pricing for a bit. I know we um, discussed it in more depth in another podcast, but since we're talking about sort of results and everything, like what what's the main difference between this our current pricing and um, what we had a couple months ago? Well, we switched to uh, we before we had kind of like a, a typical um, whatever, like four, I don't know, it was like four levels or four tiers. Just uh, you know, across the board, there's like four four plans you could choose from. We switched to a system that is um, like a two-tiered system where you can choose like, am I, a, uh, am I a team or am I a business? And then within those two tiers, you get things that like appeal to that, that, type, of, uh, that type of customer. And then we also kind of tweaked the, we switched the actual like limits and, and actual like numbers around as well. But it's, it's like a different, it's kind of like a different UI applied to a, like a similar pricing model. It's a bit simpler and also at least at the lower levels, it's a bit cheaper, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we, are, um, we reintroduced. We had removed our, our cheaper, like our entry-level plan, um, like, I, I don't know, was it last year? Something mm-hmm. like that. Which at the time, I think it worked well. Like it, it turned out like that it wasn't, you know, we didn't lose a bunch of money from, from that. But um, we thought, like our reasoning, I think, was like now this is like a different time. Like people are a little bit less, they're less eager to buy things right now. And so we decided we wanted to try being a little bit more competitive again. Yeah, that makes sense. So the result of that is that our growth in MRR is our growth in monthly recurring revenue is, you know, it's about the same from like new accounts as it has been. It might be a tiny bit lower, but um, the actual number of new accounts that we're getting is significantly higher. So I think that's a real big win. Like we're both, we're all just like, kind of like shocked a little bit because we're not used to making like a single change and then just seeing a pretty obvious result from it. Yeah. Not when it comes to like customer acquisition. I know. I know. I suppose like the, you know, looking back, you say, well, if you make your cheapest plan more than half of what the previous cheapest plan was, then maybe you might get some more customers. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe, but but also like in other um, other times when we've changed pricing, it hasn't really made a huge like immediate noticeable impact. And well, yeah, in and I don't know, like I I'm, I'd be surprised that people are really that price sensitive too. Just well, this, I, I wonder. Mean, this is yeah. the first time we've really reduced prices. So in, in previous pricing changes, they've always gone up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It seems like you'd expect like a, the reverse of that, though. But even, I mean, even as we went through like raising, like the process of raising prices progressively, like we did, I don't ever remember having like a huge drop off in signups either. It was always like, oh, okay, we're going to, 
we're going to change that. We're going to raise this price. You know, maybe we're going to even double this price or eliminate this bottom option and see what happens. And then like nothing happens. People just continue <laughs> to buy right. at right. the same yeah. level, which is, I guess, part of what probably reinforced my thinking like that, that price sensitive, like people aren't that price sensitive in this like B2B, what, what we're selling, you know, like right. is $20 a month going to, does it, does it make a big difference? I would have expected the same kind of the same result on the way back down, to be honest, if it really, if it really doesn't matter that much to people, like the same number of people would probably keep buying with. So I don't know, like it could be also like, we're, we're not talking about the other, we did make other changes to the pricing page. Like we simplified the pricing. We, I think like we, uh, made some good changes around the whole persona thing. Like, am I like, is my whole business going to use this is, or is my, am I, is my team, am I a team within a larger business? Maybe even a business that uses other error tracking services across other teams. And my team just wants to try a new thing. Those changes could also be affecting the new, uh, you know, the increased sure. conversion. Yeah. One thing I just want to throw out for, I know you guys, realize this, but I want to throw it out for the listeners because they might not realize it. The one big difference, like we talked about getting rid of our old uh, micro plan or whatever it was called. And like now we're, we have another low priced option, but now like a big difference is that we base our, our billing um, a lot more or, you know, at, we base our billing on traffic volume. And so there's a real natural sort of upgrade path as people sort of like see what volume of traffic their applications send us and all that sort of thing. Um, whereas previously, we tended to tier more on like number of projects and things like that, that were not quite, I don't know, they, it, it was something that was people had more of a, a choice, I guess. I mean, it was more discretionary, as opposed mm -hmm. to like, how many errors you have, that's a little bit less discretionary. I think it's a sound decision. I think it's not just like, changing our mind and going back to what we had with the micro plan. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That was a, that was a big, big departure from the way we used to, the way we used to bill. I like the, I like the usage based model for us. I think it works better. Yeah. And, and our, our next product is going to be even closer to that. Even, uh, on, mm -hmm. in, in fact, we could go down to just straight metered billing. I've, I've thought about that, but. I also want to support Heroku, and of course, Heroku doesn't do meter billing, so you have to have some sort of monthly thing or, you know, tiered thing anyway. So, yeah, but, uh, but yeah, I've I've been interested in this idea of just going to plain metered. Like, okay, you want to pay us, uh, you know, a penny per per thousand? Great. Yeah, and yeah. Then we'll just we'll just charge you, I don't know, five pennies at the end of the month. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it works. That's kind of what Heroku does, doesn't? Isn't it? Yeah, basically. I mean, they yeah. have maybe some base limit or something, but yeah, but it really messes up your your like projections and yeah, planning and true. stuff because <laughs> oh yeah, you, know, you can't really the, say well who, who your knows? revenue is your revenue is like literally tied to traffic patterns, which <laughs> right. which uh yeah that's that I guess that would be interesting like <laughs> I guess you wouldn't have to duplicate like would you have to you could just use your uh like your actual ops charts for like financial forecasting, right? Like you wouldn't have to duplicate your, uh, you don't even need barometrics or <laughs> any of that stuff. You just <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, all that's like one thing that seems to be the case for every place that does just pure metered billing though, is like, if you want support, you got to buy a support contract. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah. I'm not, I'm not like, 
I don't want us spending like an hour replying to somebody's email who's like paying us a dollar fifty. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> At least not until we have like a lot of people paying us uh, millions of dollars on the new product, right? Right. We haven't dropped the name of the new product on the podcast yet, right? We're saving that. We're saving that I, till the. Did we? Actually, I can't remember. I, I slipped it in a few minutes ago. Okay. So are we going to just let people kind of like scrub back and, and get that if they want to, and, and then we'll uh, pretend they, it never, like it never happened or are we going right. to, okay, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll show up in the show notes. It might. I read something that Amy Hoy wrote like years ago that was like, just have multiple launches. So I'm, I'm oh, all yeah. like behind that. Yeah. So we are totally, we can, that. we can reannounce the name like next week. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to try the, the multi launch thing. Always yeah, be so launching. We current, we currently have filled a seven of the 10 alpha slots for Heroku. So the way that Heroku exciting. works, yeah, yeah. The way that Heroku works when you're building an add on is you need to have 10 alpha testers using it before they will allow it to be listed publicly in the marketplace as a beta. And so uh, a couple of weeks ago, we asked on the podcast for people to reach out and, and they have. Thank you so much for all those who did. And uh, we've had, yeah, seven people. So, so we need three more to get, be able to finish the, uh, that cohort, cohort. But the early testing that we're getting from these alpha testers has been useful and the feedback has been good. So thanks yeah. for looking up. Awesome. Three, Should three I do a little and- pitch? I don't think we've, we've done it. A- a little like description for the al- anybody who might want to alpha test. Should, can I oh, for can I what, a shot? what it does? This yeah. will get me ready for we, um, working on the marketing yeah, site. Yeah, do it. Yeah, we talked. We haven't talked about it. We talked about it last episode. Um, when, but, when Star uh, wasn't here. Yeah. 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 So yeah. I want to hear Star. I want to hear Star's yeah. take. Go for it. Go. Okay. Okay. So when you're building a web application, oftentimes you have to use webhooks to interface with some sort of external service, and um, that's both inbound webhooks and um, outbound webhooks. And the thing is, like, you want your webhooks to be super reliable for your users. Like, if you send a webhook saying, hey, we processed this piece of information to your user system, you want that to arrive on time and intact. Well, doing that is really, really, really hard and a real pain in the neck. And there's lots of edge cases and it sucks. I know because I ran into all of them when I was building like the first version of our uptime checker. It really sucks. That's why we built Hook Relay. Hook Relay, it's like just add reliability to your um, inbound and outbound webhooks. Hook Relay, sign up now. <laughs> that was awesome. Nice. Thank you. Thank you. We could just like, we could clip that and uh, transcribe it and just put it on our copy. That's the copy for the new website. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. So uh, what should people do if they want um, one of those uh, slots in the alpha? And there's only there's three and only three, right? These are yeah, there's only three. There's only three. (laughs) They're gone. When they're gone, they're gone. So yeah, act now. Supplies of Uh, registration ending at midnight tonight. You can you can email me Ben at honeybadger.io or you can hit me up on Twitter. You can DM me Stimpy. But yeah, I'm happy to give you some info on on how to get started once you email me. Okay, awesome. For those Let's who see. aren't Heroku users, because we've had a couple of our friends who are like, yeah, I'd help you test it, but I don't do Heroku. I've been able to say, okay, fine, we'll let you in anyway, but uh, you have to have a GitHub account because we're not doing 
authentication on our own. We're not doing email password authentication on this app. We're going to depend on third parties authentication. So if you really want to test Hooker Relay and you don't do Heroku, you can still get in touch with me and I'll let you in if you can log in with GitHub. And, and most people in our target audience are going to be able to log in with GitHub. <laughs> yeah. Are we going to support Apple? A Apple's new uh, Apple sign in? <laughs> sign in? <laughs> mm, probably not. <laughs> I have never, I haven't used it for anything. I haven't used it either. You, you can't say that, Ben. They're going to, they're going to take us out of um, Apple podcast <laughs> do we, now. Do yeah. we have to give, do we have to give Apple 30% of our revenue if we use yes, their Yes, we mentioned we our product on this, on this podcast, <laughs> so we've got to give them 30% of our revenue. <laughs> well, one other thing that we um, that we discussed at the remote conclave was we've been trialing ProfitWell Retain for I guess two weeks now, not not too long. But this was another effort to sort of reduce churn. And what ProfitWell Retain does, if you don't know, is it it's essentially a a dunning system when you know, you have lots of people who are on recurring payments. Sometimes their credit cards stop working for whatever reason, and you need to reach out to them and have them enter new credit card information. And if you don't do this, or if uh, they don't, you know, uh, act, if they don't update their credit card information, well, then you lose them as a customer and that kind of sucks. So yeah, Profit Will Retain sends out emails to remind people. It has a little in-app widgets that pop up and everything. And we had our own Dunning emails, you know, in place, but we didn't have any sort of in-app stuff. And so that's, that's been really good so far. It's kind of too early to say exactly, but so if it's um, something we want to keep, but like so far, like results are suspiciously good. I don't really believe in, I don't believe in miracles. So <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I don't know. It's just like, it just seems to have like drastically reduced our churn due to sort of failed payments. And I don't know. That might be a fluke, but hopefully it's not. And hopefully like next month I'll be just singing the praises of of Retain. Like in general, it seems to be like it seems to be a pretty good product. Mm -hmm. Like integration was pretty easy. Um they like all the edge cases that I mean, of course, like because this is billing and we have a lot of customers already and we had existing systems in place, like I was worried about a lot of things and like the the rep um, answered all my questions about different edge cases and they seem to have thought about all of them before and, you know, implemented sensible behaviors. So, yeah. This, this is an addition to, because uh, we have like Stripe automatically updates some cards, right? This is, so this is like on top of that, like if that fails, then this kicks in. Is that how that yeah. works? Or? Okay. Yeah. And it's actually, uh, it's pretty cool because in the, um, the user interface, uh, it'll actually tells you like how they were an uh, individual customer was retained. And so like, okay. it'll tell you if like um, Stripe automatically, I think it's called smart retries or something. Mm. Or wait, is that called smart retries? I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just making this up, but it will tell you how they were retained. And because Stripe offers that behavior where, you know, they will see that like a card is expiring and they will sort of automatically update. Yeah. Somehow they get like the new, new card. like the new expiration date and stuff. Is that like, yeah. like what it does? Yeah. Yeah. But that apparently doesn't work with everybody. And I guess sometimes cards aren't expiring. And sometimes like there's the cards just, you know, change accounts or I mean, something happens and the card just becomes invalid. Yeah. Maybe they get canceled or corporate card. They switch to a different yeah. card or something. Yeah. yeah. I'm sick of cancel culture. 
Like, why do I? So, on, on, on a related note, can spicy. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. I, since we're talking about payments and Stripe, can I rant for a bit about something payments related? Yes, go. It's, it's not Dunning. It is chargebacks. Okay. And so we don't have a lot of chargebacks here at Honey Badger, thankfully. But it's it's rare that we do. But when we do, it really gets my goat. It really, really does because people. The ones that we've had, anyway, are typically bogus. Like someone says, oh, you didn't give me a refund when I asked for it. It's like, well, you never asked for a refund. Or, you know, it was, it was a fraudulent charge. It's like, oh, yeah, you've been paying us for four years. How is this fraudulent? You know, <laughs> and it's just like we just had one recently where the company went out of business. And so obviously they're not going to keep paying for services if they're out of business. But instead of canceling the service with us, we got a charge back from the last month of service. And the reason was, oh, refund requested, but you didn't issue the refund. It's like, I, I haven't even heard from you before. And so I emailed the person and their email is undeliverable because like the whole domain's gone. And I'm like, okay, fine. That's okay. Well, we won't be charging anymore, obviously. But you know, now, now are we not only out of that service fee for that month of thing, but we're also out of the fee that Stripe charged because they don't refund the processing fee. So, you know, whatever that was. And then there's also a $15 chargeback fee. So, you know, depending on how much that person is paying per month, right, that could, you could go negative, you know, on that. And it's just, ugh. It's and aren't chargebacks also like just, aren't, are chargebacks like bad for um, like yeah. your processing, like yeah. capability you get a, too? Like, you get enough it's like, of them. it's like a yeah. spam report, right? Exactly. Almost. Yeah. 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 So, like, yeah. Again, like I said, we, it's very rare that we have them, but man. If you're going to shut down your business, <laughs> like yeah. just cancel your cards. Like don't ask for chargebacks. That's, that's, uh, that's rough. Makes, I wonder like who, who is the actual person who's like initiating those chargebacks? Cause like who, whose first thought is like to, to call the bank and, and like yeah. report, you know, like yeah. it makes me wonder if almost like they, they like outsource, like shutting down various systems to some, someone mm. like some accountant or something. Yeah. Um, or, or a lawyer whose like policy is just to, ba this is like a matter of policy. Like they just, you know, right. they, they make some sort of like low effort to go and, and cancel things. And then they just charge backs across the board or something. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's just, I, I have no idea. But, I thought of that. Yeah. I um, wonder if there's like, I'm trying to see the, the good in people. <laughs> I wonder if there's like call, call centers in India where people just like call around the clock to credit card companies on behalf of people demanding chargebacks for well, things. Yeah, like maybe this That's, is a startup that everyone is using. It's like it's like they like write the letter for you like it's been a it's been a, a whatever a, a journey, you know. And then, <laughs> and then they take your statements and they just go down the list and charge back <laughs> chargebacks for everyone. Yeah, sorry, you said that. They that throw your data away. <laughs> You said that call center thing, sorry, that reminded me of when I canceled the Wall Street Journal recently and I had to go through one of those call centers just to cancel my account. And, you know, and they gave me those, you know, the three different pitches while I'm on the phone. Like, are you sure you don't want to save this much? And like, no, I just yeah. want to cancel. You They're sure you want to save this much? And it drives me crazy. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's easy to sign up, but man, if you want to cancel, you got to turn over your birth certificate or whatever. And it's like, yeah. and that's the thing that kills me when we get a chargeback. It's like, we try so hard to be so accommodating to people. Like we've had people, you know, contact us and say, Hey, I've been paying you for a long time, but I haven't used your service for like six months. Can I get a refund on all those transactions? And, you know, we don't love to do that, but it's like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, 
but uh, so that when we get one of those chargebacks and it's like, oh, they were not responsive. And it's like, oh, you didn't even contact us. That's what it gets my goat. That's like, yeah. oh man, at least give me a chance to, to help you out here. But uh, I wonder, you know how like people contact us to handle like refunds of like Honey Badger energy drinks. I wonder if people are <laughs> contacting Honey Badger energy drinks. <laughs> that's a good, that's, oh, you that's know, a good I, question. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe they did contact someone. It was just the wrong company. Just the wrong someone. Okay, maybe the wrong I should honey be badger. Upset. I should I should peace out here. Okay. This is this just like Oh no, no, to no. Me. I wasn't saying don't be angry. <laughs> this okay. this just like further further confirms for me that we need alliances with the other honey badgers in the world. Oh, for, yeah. specifically for handling cross support requests like we've talked about in the past. And What's the name of a group of honey badgers? <laughs> what do you tell me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. A hurricane. I, hurricane of honey I, I didn't have a funny answer. I thought, I thought like that was y'all's yeah. job. <laughs> I just asked a question. It's definitely not flock, flock of honey badgers. Well, you know, if, if we can't arrange the, the cross company customer support, at least we should do a cross company affiliate thing so we can get a cut of all that, that fine Bitcoin action or, or some of those. Oh, yeah. oh that's a good idea. Know. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To order some of those energy drinks. Although after that, oh, uh, is it an energy that, drink or a supplement? It's, it's supplement like protein supplement. powder. Actually, oh, yeah. yeah. So we could do an energy should, drink. <laughs> like, like a literal that's actually, honey badger could, energy drink. We could solid to all the sweet. old, like the old school, like um, like Mountain Dew chugging programmers. Yeah. Well, the the new ones they do drink energy drinks. It's all uh, you know rock stars and okay. I don't know if it's Red Bull, but and fruit ninjas. Okay, so so you got That's me. my favorite energy drink is fruit ninja. <laughs> you made me think of a completely different tangent. All right, all right, one hundred percent unrelated. Trademarks. Okay, so five years ago we registered our trademark, and I'm learning that at the end of five years you need to renew your trademark. Well, the thing is, like your trademark and your contact information are in this public database, right? So when that five year mark comes up, you get tons of spam mm. from companies who want to help you with your registration renew your registration yeah and uh, so i've been swimming my email inbox is overflowing with all these you know trademark companies hey you need to renew it and then and of course you also get those ones in the physical mail that look like invoices you know it's like yep. oh it's you know here's your here's your bill and it's, this is not a bill right yeah. and uh, it's like refinancing your mortgage or exactly exactly yeah. so interesting little tidbit i learned this past these past couple weeks <laughs> Sounds like a job for a fast mail filter <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> or rule or whatever. Yeah. But the, the, the funny thing is though, so just one last little tip on that. Like I started getting these emails probably about a month ago and our registration first renewal, you, you don't have to do it until you get to that five year mark, like on the same date. And that date actually happened this week. So these companies like way out ahead of the actual trademark mm -hmm. office because the trademark office will also send you an email saying, Oh, by the way, you really need to renew. But, uh, yeah, yeah but I, they know that they're timing it ahead so that they can, they beat, beat yep. them to it. Yep. Clever stuff. A lot of trade trademarks in the world. Yeah. That's wild. Like, what if that was your life? Like, what if this was like, that was like what you spent all day thinking about? It seems like it would be kind of unfulfilling. Yeah. But I don't know. Some people know. find like m just money fulfilling. So maybe, <laughs> maybe they would be okay. Also, it's a little, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's along the lines of like this, you know, people who just are outright scammers and 
it's a little bit like you're hacking people. So, you, you know, maybe they get some fulfillment out of, uh, that's out of that, called murder, know? Josh. Hacking people is called murder. <laughs> no, and we don't, we don't hacking. condone it on founder quest. <laughs> so if you're, if you're hacking people, then what is an exception in that context? Maybe the person having a heart attack. I don't know. They call the cops on you. Ooh, <laughs> that would be exceptional. Well, it sounds like the plumbers are here so, to fix my water heaters, so I better, um, I better go. Sounds good. Good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. It was great talking with y'all and um, to our beautiful listeners. Just remember, if you want to rate us, please do so at uh, like Apple Podcasts, whatever they're calling it these days. And if you want to write for us, we've got you know instructions on our blog at honeybadger.io. And yeah, if you want one of those uh, three remaining. Alpha tester. I, I think slots. it's two now. I think it's down to two now. So. Oh my god, we're down to act, two. Act quick. Oh no. Act fast. Oh wait, it just it flipped down to one. We've got one remaining alpha tester <laughs> slot. And yeah, so get a hold of uh, Ben at uh, Ben at HoneyBadger.io. And yeah, until next week, we will be your friends always. ThunderQuest is a weekly podcast by the founders of Honey Badger. Zero instrumentation, 360-degree coverage of errors, outages, and service degradations for your web apps. If you have a web app, you need it. Available at honeybadger.io. Want more from the founders? Go to founderquestpodcast.com. That's one word. You can access our huge back catalog or sign up for our newsletter to get exclusive VIP content. FounderQuest is available on iTunes, Spotify, and other purveyors of fine podcasts. We'll see you next week.